Hello, beautiful beans, and welcome to today's episode. This episode is all about possessive relationships. So I think that it's really, it's quite like, look, it's not a gray area, but I think that a lot of people feel that possessiveness is a gray area. But because it's so common, we think that a bit of possessiveness or possessiveness kind of sprinkled here and there is normal and is almost expected within a relationship in order to show that you love somebody. But after you listen to this episode, I hope that you realize that possessiveness is not necessary in a relationship. It's actually hurtful for the relationship and it is not normal. It's common, fucking common. It's probably more common than having no um, behavioral possessiveness within a relationship, but it's not normal and it's not okay and it is a form of manipulation and I'm going to break it all down. Now, there's going to be some people that are in a, in a couple that have really mild forms of possessiveness and if that's the case, you can make it, you can bring it up in conversation and talk about it and make it almost playful and there's a lot of couples that are not toxic but they just display these behaviours because it's what they've seen, it's what they know and it's what they think needs to occur in a relationship. So for a lot of people, you're going to be able to take this information apply it to your relationship and see so many improvements, see your trust improve in the relationship and have a lot of fun with it. It doesn't have to be all bad, all negative. But for some people, you're going to hear this episode and think, fuck, I'm in a really toxic relationship. And if my partner's not willing to see that this is not normal and this does not equal love, then things have to change or the relationship is eventually going to break down. So that's, there's a whole bunch of things that I want you to kind of take into account when you listen to this. And if you're single, amazing. I want you to really think hard about what you're hearing in this episode and take that knowledge into your next relationship. You're going to be able to look out for red flags. You're going to be able to pinpoint what certain things that people do are going to be indicators of really possessive um, behaviours within a relationship moving forward. Now, before we get into it, um, I'm not doing a brain fact today, sorry. I didn't plan a brain fact today, I apologise. I'm a bit all over the place (laughs) this week. It's in a good way. I've just got so, I've been doing so much work on getting, trying to kind of, I feel like I've been playing catch up because I've taken a few, I I went to Tazia, I took a few weeks off and then um, I'm trying to organise, like this weekend I'm going to Berry with my girlfriends and I've got a few trips to the Gold Coast coming up. So because I've got all this like um, stop, start, stop, start, I don't have you know consistent amount of time at home, um, I feel like I've just been playing catch up and always, you know, just getting the podcast done you know, the day before it has to go live. So what I've been trying to do is really kind of do an overhaul of my life and really essentially get my shit together and be more organized. I'm, I'm really seeing some positive changes and I'm absolutely loving it. One thing that I've started implementing in my life, which actually helps me be more switched on work-wise, is that in the morning I set a 30-minute timer and I just do as much housework as I can in the 30 minutes. I personally struggle because I currently work where I live just for the next few months. I work in my off- – I live in my office kind of zone space – um, it's really hard for me to sit down in this office space and try and plan podcasts and write and do all of that while I've got clutter in the home. If I know that there's like all this laundry on the ground and there's the bathroom's not, you know, as clean as I want it to be, then it's like clutter, physical clutter around me is like clutter in my head. So what I found is that if I just do 30 minutes and if I don't get it all done, I don't care because I'm doing it every day that there's really, there's no major mess anymore, which is great. Um, And I like things to be pretty clean and pretty tidy. I can be a bit – I'm not a psycho, but I can be pretty, you know, 
when things are tidy, I'm a lot happier. So I've been doing that every morning. That's really helping. And then now that I'm sitting down and starting to plan a lot more for future episodes and future podcasts. So really what I was trying to say in a very, very thick, huge nutshell is that I haven't done a brain fact episode is because I've been doing all this like back-end work of being organized and doing this and that, which then ironically makes me less organized for this episode today. But that's okay. Good times. No brain fact for the day. That pretty much also sums up my life update. Going to Berry this weekend. I'm very excited. Wine, cheese. Do I need more wine and cheese after doing that in Tasmania for two weeks straight? Probably yes. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. Also, um, yeah, that's it. Let's just get straight into the episode of today. I'm excited. There's a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. Before we do get into this, lol, I'm saying let's get into it before we get into this. I did a call out on my Instagram, as I often do. You guys are so incredible. Can I just say, you guys are the real MVPs when it comes to podcast audiences. You guys are the best. Because when I put a call out on my Instagram with a question box asking, it's like a, it's almost like a survey or, you know, I was asking what possessive behaviors occur in your relationship. And this could be whether it's you doing it or whether it's your partner doing it. And I had so many answers. So I'm going to be telling you those answers throughout the episode as well. But uh, I couldn't write them all down. There were literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these answers. And I hope that it goes to show that you are not alone in this. If you feel that you're in a really possessive relationship, I hope that hearing all these things makes you realize that you're not alone. It is happening all the time and there are things that can be done about it. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break the episode down into why do we like possessive relationships, what we think it represents. um, And then we're going to be talking about um, how to identify what a possessive relationship is and then what you can kind of little hacks on what you can do about it or what you can say about it. So let's begin with why do we like it on a certain level and what we think it represents. Because often I hear people say, I want, I want my partner to be a little bit jealous, like a little bit possessive. I want them to feel like a little bit this, this. And it's like, no, no. The reason you want that is because you interpret possessiveness as being loved and being wanted. You interpret these behaviours of jealousy and, you know, little tiny ways of controlling you as, oh, this person must adore me because they're just thinking about me all the time. They're just, they're just so, oh, they're jealous. They don't want other people. They must love me, okay? And because it's so common and because it also exists in non-romantic relationships as well, which I'll go into, we believe that possessiveness equals deep love. And when you're in a relationship where it's maybe a situationship and you haven't gotten much in return from this person and they're a bit nonchalant and they don't really care, what happens is that when you then enter a relationship where someone's like, well, where are you going? Oh, um, well, you've got to tell me where you are and are you really going to hang out with these people? You think, oh my God, this person must really love me or really like me because they care where I'm going. They're a bit jealous when there's another guy around. They must really like me if they're jealous when there's another guy around. So you compare having you know, breadcrumbs from some people that you were in a situationship with, with this person that's really intense and wanting to know everything about you and not wanting you to be around, you know, someone that might pose a threat to them, you then interpret that as like, oh my God, this is love. This is so exciting. They're so into me. So on a level, I do understand that because you're comparing, you know, these two extremes, but there is something in the middle, which is called a healthy relationship. And neither of those are that, okay? So if you do feel that way, 
like I said before, this whole, oh, I want my partner to be a bit jealous. I want a bit of possessiveness. I'm like that, so I want them to be a bit like that. Then it's probably because one of the two following. A, it's because you display these behaviours so you think that it means love when it's reciprocated, when it doesn't equal love at all. Um, Levels, I'll go into it in a little bit so I won't dive deep into it now. Or two, you are scared to lose them. And this behaviour is an indicator to you that they must care about you. So they're the two, two possibilities. What you need to understand is that no level of possessiveness equals love, okay? You can love and be possessive, but it is not causal. Possessiveness is not a predictor of love. One does not predict the other, okay? They're just correlated somewhat. Now, when you are feeling insecure about a relationship, this can be something that also makes you feel settled, wanted and needed. So a lot of people that don't like being alone, that fear that their partner might leave them, they hang on these behaviours and they use these behaviours as a relief. Like, oh, okay, okay, they really do love me. They must care about me. They're this, they're that. When in reality, possessive behaviours from the individual, when an individual is displaying possessive behaviours, it is an indicator that they have insecurities about themselves and the relationship. It unfortunately, hate to burst your bubble, has not much to do with you at all, okay? Because if they were fully secure about who they were, what they had to offer, fully secure within the relationship and trusted you and knew that even if it broke down, they would be okay, there would be no need to be possessive and to show these controlling behaviours whatsoever. There'd be no need for it, okay? Because they are a secure human being. Now, a lot of these behaviours are built into us from a very young age and often it circles around the fact that women have no ability to defend themselves or to um, live an independent life without the kind of protective factor that males can provide. I'm doing like quote-unquote things here around them, okay? So it's this idea for a lot of people that both girls experience when they're young and then boys absorb that as well when they're young and then they just grow up this way. But it's this idea of this language around men being super protective over women. And we see this with brothers and the sisters or fathers and their daughters from when they're a baby. Oh, she's going to be a heartbreaker. Don't let her out of the house. You better this, you better that. I hate that language. And I don't care if you're joking. I fucking hate that language. It makes my blood boil because you are creating this underlying belief system that all these men need to be protecting this woman from men. Okay. So if we could actually just educate people from the get-go, it would never be an issue in the first place. And a lot of the time, men and I hate to go gender on gender and whatever, but this is just how it is. A lot of the time, men will use the excuse that the reason they are being protective is because I know how men think. Do you? Or is it because you always also think that way? Like, what are you saying? Because if you're looking at being like, oh, it's not me, but it's other men, and I know how men think. If anyone knows how men think when it comes to treating women, it's women, okay? We experience it all the fucking time. So we also know how men think. Thank you very much for your input, but we've experienced it on the receiving end plenty of times to see it coming a mile away. I don't need you saying that I can't go to a bar and talk to people because you know how men are going to operate, okay? Like they're acting like as if you're going to be in danger all the time, so they need to be possessive, that you shouldn't be talking to this person, you shouldn't be going here alone, or you shouldn't be following all these guys on social media because I know how men think, okay? 
This idea that if it wasn't for these men looking out for you, you'd be some damsel in distress. That's extremely insulting. It's extremely condescending. And it is a ploy that they use in order to be able to manipulate you and control you. And then because of these behaviours, then it happens the other way around. Because women are so used to seeing that behaviour, women then throw it back on men as well, being like, you can't talk to her, you can't do this, you can't do that, and being really possessive. So I'm very aware that it happens both ways. A lot of the people that wrote in to me were women saying that they are possessive over their partner. But a lot of this comes down to this possessive language of ownership and protection when girls are toddlers. So I feel like there's a long way to go with changing the language from a really early age. And this idea, another thing, and I think, I think people, this is where possessiveness and protectiveness gets very heavily confused with love. Because you often see out of quote unquote love, brothers saying to like their sister's boyfriends, if you hurt her, you know, you're dead or, you know, watch out if you hurt her, whatever. In other words, saying like, God forbid that you fall out of love with my sister, you now have to suffer the consequences because you've now caused so much irreparable damage, emotional damage on my sister that she just she's just ruined now. Like, no, what, what's wrong with someone dumping your sister? Like, people get over it and honestly, we've all been, men, women, anyone, we've all been dumped at some point and it's not destroyed us for life, okay? Like, it's not such a bad thing. So I think that language kind of, exists from such a young age and throughout families and then it then continues through into relationships as well. This idea that in order to show that I love you or in order to feel loved, I want you to show that you are possessive or protective over me. So that pretty much covers why we like it and what we think it represents. Now it kind of makes a lot of sense why even when it's frustrating when our partner does it, we often feel like if they didn't do it at all, it would mean that they didn't love us as much as we would want okay so in my personal life situation I've had obviously I've dated all kinds of different people really possessive like overly possessive where it was just like unbearable and then I've got Tyrone who's not the slightest bit possessive and not the slightest bit jealous like he's just fucking chilled right to the extent that I've even had some friends be like oh but don't you wish Tyrone was like a little bit jealous or a little bit possessive and look for me personally Maybe had I not dated really possessive people in the past, maybe I would still have that mentality that that is a nice thing to have. But with my – I mean, I feel it could go either way. You can either be exposed to so much possessiveness in a relationship that you then expect it and that is your standard of love and what you expect to come with love – Or you can be so kind of scarred from how possessive and controlling someone was that you just want to be as far away from that as possible. And that's kind of what happened to me. I was like, that I cannot have a bar of that anymore. And now with Tyrone, he's not remotely like that. And vice versa. Like, for example, if Tyrone's hanging out with a group of girls, hypothetically, and they all think that he's hot, that's to be honest, a compliment to me. I'm like, fuck yeah, he's hot. And yes, thank you for the compliment. My partner is hot. Like that's literally how I interpret it. And Tyrone's kind of the same. Like we're very chilled like that. And I feel very loved, if not more loved by him because of this unwavering trust that we have in the relationship. And that's where I generate feelings of love within the trust. For me, it's not him being like, oh, but are you t- oh, why are you talking to that person? Oh, that person was looking at you. That person is... To me, that doesn't reflect love because 
Maybe, may, well, yeah, well, A, because it doesn't mean love and B, because in the times that I have been in those situations, they haven't really been, they've been more painful relationships and not loving relationships. So to answer the question very briefly, no, I don't wish that Tyrone was remotely jealous or remotely possessive because I don't equate that to feeling loved. I equate unwavering trust to feeling loved and to me that is so much more of a turn on when you have this crazy level of trust that they don't even blink when if I when I say to Tyrone I'm going out to dinner with this guy friend of mine he's a fucking legend he's the best Tyrone's like oh fun have a good time he doesn't even question who's this guy what does he look like what no he couldn't even care less because of the trust that we have and that to me is hot anyway now what I want to do is get into what does it look like. And like I said, I reached out on my Instagram and a whole bunch of you replied. So I'm going to re- read out a bunch of things that you guys have said. And I want you to identify if you've ever gone through this or if you're hearing your own one being called out. Um, if you've ever done this to somebody, because often we display these behaviours too. And if you can kind of form an association p- between like, oh, wow, wow, that's actually not – Sometimes when it's being done to you, you kind of allow it and it becomes, you perceive it as normality. But then when you hear it being said, it sounds like that's actually a bit fucked up or that's actually really annoying and and very unnecessary. So just listen out to the next bunch of things that I'm going to say. So what does possessiveness in a relationship look like? I got a compliment from another man and a guy I was seeing got very upset about it. My ex started to dictate what he didn't like me to wear and the nut even threw my clothes out. Not letting me do something unless it was under his conditions. Needed to know my whereabouts at all times or he would get angry with me. My ex wouldn't let me pay for anything so that he could control me as I didn't pay rent or bills and made me feel like I owed him. Phone control. There were heaps of that phone control where people say, oh, you know, I should have access. I should be able to go through your phone. I should have access to that. I'm going to speak about that in a second. Um, I have mentioned stuff about that, but I'll readdress that in case you haven't heard that. Not letting me get a tattoo or do anything with my body for that matter. Getting upset that he didn't hear from me regularly when I was away at a work conference. Checking my car for food wrappers to know what I was eating. Me not letting my ex hang out with anyone if I wasn't around. Not letting me wear things that showed legs or cleavage. My ex-husband hated when I said I instead of we. Being accused that I was a lesbian and getting with all my girlfriends. Not allowing me to be friends with my male friends as he said it was a sign of disrespect to him. My partner telling me that he owned me. Going through who I follow on Instagram and making me explain every guy or unfollow every guy. My partner asking for reassurance every time I am down. Making me delete Instagram posts when I'm in a crop top or bikini. Getting upset when I dress up if I'm not going out with him because he says, who is it for then? Because obviously people have no concept that you might just want to look good for you. Lol. Telling me what I can and cannot do with my time. I want him to miss me all the time and I want to feel needed by him. What I should and should not wear as he doesn't trust other guys having control of all the bills and loans when married, got mad at me for going to the beach with my cousin because I was in a bikini, getting mad if I don't respond to text straight away, needing to know my every movement and lastly, not allowed to talk to the opposite gender without being accused of cheating. Okay, so as you can see, 
so much of this is probably relatable or we've seen either we've either gone through it, we either do it to somebody else or we've at the very least seen our friends or relatives go through something similar to that. As you can see, a lot of this comes down to people having a sense of entitlement and a sense that um, you own the other person or you own their time or you own their autonomy, okay? It also comes down to you genuinely believing that your partner is a constant 24-7 representative of you. Like one of those comments said um, that I shouldn't be talking to guys because it was disrespectful to him, right? So he's saying, you are a representative of me at all times and if I deem girlfriends talking to guys as disrespectful and you go ahead and do that, then that's a bad reflection on me and that is disrespectful to me. I think another problem is that when people enter relationship, I believe that people think that they are now one And I really personally disagree with that and I think that's a very unhealthy way to run a relationship because that's where you can lose a sense of self when you think that now that you are in a a romantic, committed relationship, you are now one entity when that is so obviously far from the truth. But because you believe that you are now one and everything we do is we and we are one, we are one entity, we have to go together everywhere, then you start thinking that, well, you are a reflection of me and you are part of me. But when you do that is that you start to feel entitled to what that person does with their time, with their money, how they socialize, how they want to um, express themselves as a person. You You start to take on everything that they do as your indirect actions. So then you think, are you really going to wear that? Because you wouldn't want to wear that. Or are you really going to do that? Because you would judge someone that does that. You start to see everything that that person does. And when I say you, I could be talking about your partner who's doing this to you. As a direct um, reflection of your beliefs and your thoughts. And like I've said a couple of times, if you expect other people to behave that you want the way you would behave, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. You cannot expect other people to see the world the way you see it and to interact with the world the way you interact with the world. You are setting yourself up for resentment, disappointment and just not a very fun time as you cruise through life, okay? You are not one with your partner in the way that you are just one entity. That's not how it works. We are all individuals in this world. We are all independent people and we all have our own personalities that make us unique. So it is impossible that you could be just this one flowing entity. You could be this insane coupling where it's just like I've never met anyone like this we are absolutely just you know on the same path on the same wavelength like this is my person fine but you're still not one you're not one entity another way to figure out if your partner is um, possessive and to look out for it is if your partner's always asking you questions about stuff that you're clearly doing just to let them know that it's alarming to them and that you should be explaining yourself. For example, like, are you going out again when you're clearly dressed and ready to go and you've already told them that you're going out? It's not like you haven't factored them in, but you're like, oh, hey, I'm doing dinner again. And then you're getting ready and they're like, oh, again, really? Are you going out again? Instead of addressing it being like, hey, I've noticed you've been out every single night of the week. I'd love to have a night just us two. That would be the healthy way of doing it. But these like sly comments where they're they're already telling you what you know just so you're aware that they think it's inappropriate. Another one would be, 
when they try and call you out on stuff about your life and try and find inconsistencies. Like, for example, you said that you liked staying at home all the time. Was that a lie? Just because you have been going out a little bit more often than normal. And it's, you know, this idea that they expect you to be this two-dimensional person that if you make a statement, then it's a blanket statement about your life. Like, oh, you said this and you're not doing that. You said that they're always trying to pull you up on things that you've said in your past and show inconsistencies. And then another one would be where they say that they always need to be able to contact you. This idea is absolutely ridiculous because they're, and their reasoning for it is what if, what if something bad happens? What if there's an emergency? When there is an emergency and when something bad happens, that is not an everyday thing for starters and it is not something that you should be preparing for and thinking about 24-7. That's a very unhealthy way to live your life. If you're thinking, oh my God, have your phone on me, someone's going to die, someone's going to be in an accident, someone this, someone, that's not how you live your life. Accidents and tragedies and emergencies happen. But you shouldn't factor your every hour of the day thinking that it's going to happen. And so you have to have your phone on you just in case it does. That is ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. So don't let anyone try and manipulate you with that statement. Just say, I don't want to live a life based around fear. I check my phone often enough. If I miss your call, it's because I was doing something or I had my phone downstairs because I wanted to be away from my phone for a little bit, you know, And one thing that I make really clear, if you're already in a relationship, then you can set a new standard. And if you're going to enter a relationship, you have to make it clear from the beginning that you are not owned by your phone. You are not owned by your phone. That you will get back to people as soon as it is appropriate. But if you say a missed call, but you're on a task and you need to get something done, then you're going to, you know, get back to them when you can. And like one thing, so my, my mom and I have this thing that if she calls me, and you can do this with your partners as well, it's really good. So, and this is reciprocal. If we call each other, but it's just to chat and the other person doesn't answer, then we know it was just to chat because it was one call. If it's something where like, I need you to call me back relatively soon, then we call twice in a row. That's what we do. So if I really need to talk to my mum and she's unavailable, I just ring twice and then I know that the moment she sees it, that it's urgent and she has to call me back and vice versa. And that's a really good way of doing it. And you should kind of implement something like that with your partner. That way, if they call once and you've missed it and then they call the second time and you call them back and it wasn't an emergency, you're like, why are you so hell-bent on having to speak to me when I clearly have shit to do today or when I'm clearly just, you know, out socializing, talking to my friends, I'm spending time with my family. Like a lot of my exes slash two specifically would know that I'm, you know, back in Queensland with my parents and spending time with them and they would call me back to back, back to back. And it was very much a statement of like, I own your time. When I want to talk to you, you make yourself available. And now in hindsight, I'm like, could you be any more disrespectful? I don't live in the same state as my parents. I just want to go home, be able to leave my phone in the bedroom and just catch up with my parents and have coffee and and drink wine and have meals and not be looking at my phone. Is that so hard to grasp the concept of? But that's just not how it was. And I was always living in a state of panic dating these people. So I had my phone on me all the time. And if they message, I'm like, oh, interrupting conversations. It doesn't have to be that you're busy on a work call. You could literally be like, I'm here to switch off and really enjoy these people's company. So if you absolutely have to get through to me, call me twice in a row. But otherwise, I'm not going to be a slave to my phone. Tyrone knows very clearly that I am not a slave to my phone. My phone is on silent 24-7 because 
I cannot handle the sound of notifications and I think it's a very unhealthy lifestyle that we put ourselves in where there's this constant ping, 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 ping when you're trying to concentrate on something. So I just have it on silent. I have my phone close enough to me that I'm checking it often enough as it is. I don't need notifications going up. But because of that, I miss a lot of Tyrone's phone calls. But he's just aware that that's just how it is. He knows that within a 15-minute time frame, I'm, I will be calling him back because I check my phone at least every 15 minutes. That's how you need to set it up with your partner. You know, you've got to set it up in a way that they don't expect you to answer the phone every single time you call them. That is a ridiculous expectation to place upon somebody. And if they can't get through to you, it doesn't matter. They cannot get angry at you for not answering a call or for not being available. If your partner says that they have to be able to contact you, that's just who they are, that's just who they are, then you need to try and, I mean, if you, hopefully if they're not a toxic person, you need to sit them down and say, why do you think that that's the way you are? Do you think it's because of past things that have occurred or past relationships that you've been in that make you correlate needing to know where someone is with love or with like settling your fears? Because that's not how I roll. And we need to find a way to, to like iron this out from the get-go because I, I don't operate that way. You can't say, oh, look, I'll be like this, I'll be like that. You don't negotiate with manipulative behavior. You don't say, oh, we'll do it for a little bit of the day and then for the other part. No, you don't negotiate with with toxic behavior. It's, it's black or white and you're, you're steering clear from that shit, okay? So you don't allow it, no matter how important it is to them, no matter how much it, it represents whatever, you need to make it clear that to you, this kind of behavior does not equate to love, okay? You have to allow your partner to be free. I find it hilarious that people think that the more control they put on their partner, the less chances that that partner is going to leave, that's not how it works long term. The more freedom, quote unquote freedom, you're not giving it to them, they are entitled to it, but the more freedom that exists in a relationship, the more likelihood that that relationship will succeed. If someone's got you on a tight noose, you're going to choke it and choke it and choke it until the relationship is dead, okay? And then that person will leave you. It's crazy how people have not figured this out yet. It's like this idea, if you love someone, let it go. And if they come back, it's kind of that concept, but you're not even letting them go. You're just letting them be who they are. And because you're letting them be, and because they're comfortable with who they are, and because they feel comfortable within their own skin when they're around you, they probably will want to stay. They probably want to keep hanging out with you because you're a cool fucking energy to hang out with. You're not a stressful energy. Now with phone control, I've addressed this in the past, but I'm going to quickly address it again for the people that haven't heard that episode. I couldn't even tell you which episode it's in but it was maybe like around January I released it, I think. This idea of phone control. I don't think anybody should have access to each other's phones, kind of unbridled access where they can just go in and, you know, read all your texts. No, I don't think that's appropriate for many reasons. Firstly, what is that saying? That you obviously don't trust each other. And secondly, I might not be specifically hiding something from Tyrone, but I might be having a conversation with someone via text on my phone which is private to that person. So while I don't hide anything from Tyrone about my personal life and about how I feel towards Tyrone, someone like Liv, my best friend, could be telling me something that's extremely private that she only wants my eyes to see. And 
I don't think it's appropriate that you say to your partner, you can have access to everything in my life, fine to everything in your life, but not to everything to the people in your life. It extends further than that. So I don't think it's fair that you demand full access of your partner's phone, messages, whatever, because there's confidential information that only your eyes should see, no matter who the fuck you're dating. I don't care. If Tyrone said to me, look, my best friend's just opened up to me about something. I can't tell you because he's sworn me to privacy. I would be like, don't fucking tell me. That's his business. I wouldn't expect that because it's not Tyrone's secret to share, if that makes sense. So this idea that you should have full access, that's, that's manipulation yet again. At the end of the day, Everything to do with possessiveness is where well, it comes down to two things. A, a lack of lack of trust or or and or um, uh, a true belief that possession or possessiveness equals love or a declaration of love. That's what it comes down to. But when it comes to trust, if you can lit if you can legitimately stand there and say, I cannot tell you what my partner would do if I'm not supervising them. Should you be in that relationship? No, but really ask yourself, should I be in this relationship? Should I be going to bed every fucking night with this cunt while he's out there or she's out there or they're out there and I, have, and I genuinely have no trust that they've done the right thing by me and then you're going to crawl into bed with this person? Are you high? What are you doing? I would never, even if that person was totally innocent, if I couldn't trust somebody, I could not be with them because that's an issue on my end. Okay, fair enough. Their behavior might be completely untrustworthy, in which case don't be with them anyway. But if that's just something that you're like, oh, I just can't trust. I know they're good, but I just can't trust. Well, then that's your problem. But do you want to be going to bed every single night with somebody that you genuinely are looking at while they're sleeping being like, I don't trust you, but I'll share my whole fucking life with you. That's craziness. And that just indicates that you just don't want to be alone. And then that's a whole other self-love fucking thing to delve into. But if someone is displaying possessive behaviours, it comes down to a lack of trust or an indication that, they rep- that it represents love. You need to sit down with your partner and you need to discuss these things. And if you are the person that is displaying these behaviours, sit down with your partner and discuss these things. It's important to say, I've always interpreted this behavior that I've been displaying towards you as love, but I'm realizing that I'm grinding you down and I'm pushing you away. And I can acknowledge that if I continue to do this, I risk losing you. If you can be that vulnerable and open with your partner, they will respond very positively, I can assure you. They will respond being like, oh, I'm so glad that we can talk about this. I'm so glad that we can, you know, start a conversation around these behaviors because it really does infuriate me when I can't even have you know, a night out with my friends or I can't kick on for drinks after work because I'm like, oh, my partner's going to kill me if I'm not home by this time that I said I was going to be home by and whatever, you know. It's important to have these conversations. The more comfortable you are in your own skin, the more you're going to feel comfortable trusting people, the more you're going to feel like you want to have your own life separate to your partner's life. And when they go and do certain things, you're chilled about it. You're like, yeah, good, because I want to do my own thing. And when, they, when people do find them attractive and when people do flirt with them, you take it as a compliment to you that you are dating an attractive you know, enjoyable, magnetic person to be around. That's a compliment. Do you want every single person in the world to think that your partner is not an attractive person, personality-wise and physically, to be around? I wouldn't. 
I'd like people to think that Tyrone's a fucking legend and he'd be a great catch because I agree, he is. So that's kind of how you want to start looking at it. And if you don't feel that way, then start to ask yourself, why don't I feel that way? Is it because we both engage in these behaviours and it's just what we know and we could change it? Or is it because I'm terrified to be alone and this is my way of keeping them close to me? Which one is it? Start to identify patterns and reasons behind your behavior or reasons behind your partner's behavior. And if you're not yet in a relationship, look out for these as red flags. And if you really like someone and you're on the cusp of dating them, but they're displaying these behaviors, you have to bring it up. And not aggressively, but talk about it. Say, I notice that you say these things to me. Do you genuinely believe that I'm not trustworthy? Do you genuinely believe that I can't hold my own, you know, in a fucking workplace? At uni, at school, do you think that I just can't, you know, be an independent person and I need protection all the time? Is that what you genuinely believe? Always put the question back on the other person and they're going to start to open up whether they realise it or not. They start to open up and start giving you hints as to why they formulate their ideas the way they do. You have to remind yourself that possessive behaviour is not normal. It does not equal love Just because it's common, it doesn't make it normal and it doesn't make it okay. Just because you see it everywhere and just because that's what you've seen in your life experience, it doesn't mean that you have to continue with that and it doesn't mean that you have to keep putting up with that. You can do better for yourself and you can do better for your partner, okay? I can guarantee you as possessiveness drops down, trust and comfort and happiness in a relationship will go up. I can guarantee that to you, okay? So it's like a sliding scale almost. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Hopefully you found that useful. Hopefully if you think it's useful for someone else in your life or even your partner, lol, just sit down and get them to listen to it with you. Um, Before I leave, I do want to do a call out for the beans around the world. I haven't done that in a little bit. So I've got a few places that I want to shout out. We've got Dallas and Miami in the USA. We've got Launceston in Australia, Carlo in Ireland, Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham in the UK and Zurich in Switzerland. Guys, I love you all so much. There are so many beans around the world. Literally, it's growing and growing. um, And I can't thank you enough for spreading the word for me and sharing the love. Love you so much, guys. You are the real MVPs. And remember, as always, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Don't care.